Kokomo Friday edition of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. It is April 26th. It is Adam and Heath on the mic. Very excited for today's show. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm really feeling it. I'm in a good mood. You know, I think, Heath, I'm just very thankful to the MLB schedule makers. They gave us an extremely uneventful day of only eight games because we were obviously watching the NFL draft. So that means we get to, you know, talk about some different stuff on today's show. We get to read some emails, fantasybaseball.cbsi.com. We get to give the top five at each position so far. We get to actually hear from Heath after my one-minute-long rambling intro. Hello, Heath. Hi, Adam. Hey. You have a lot that to was, say? That, that was a fantastic intro, one of the best you've ever had. Thank you. And I've been working on my outros. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty normal Oh, you now. have? Yeah, I, just, I hadn't noticed. I just say, uh, "We'll see you tomorrow." Uh, this is fantasy baseball today. I don't know what I say. I, it's just something. It's uh, something consistent now, so I don't have to be terrible at that. Anyway, happy Friday, everybody. Heath, uh, how was your night? Are you ready to talk about the draft on the football podcast? Oh, I'm I'm very ready. I enjoyed um, tweeting things at you whenever the Giants did things. That was fun. You're being a little hard on them. Um, a little well, hard. I like they picked someone that like number six that I did not think was a top six quarterback. So that's bad. Yeah, yeah. You'd be hard on, on the rest. Of, okay. So baseball, um, two star pitchers. We're going to talk about that at the end of the show, but I, I gave you the task of picking the two star pitcher who was owned in less than 70% of leagues. The one that you would recommend. It is not easy. Yesterday it was Mike Soroka. For me, anyway. Now he's 73% owned, so he's not really in the discussion anymore. But take a look at Mike Soroka, 73% owned, and has the Padres and the Marlins next week. But if there was someone else that's uh, somewhat uh, widely available, can you recommend any two-star pitchers next week? No. No. <laughs> we've um, we've had a really bad stretch. And we talked about early in the year when we were looking at how bad some of these offenses are. And I think there was speculation from rightly, it seemed. This might be a really good year for two-star streamers. And we've tried it a couple times over the last few weeks, and it's blown up almost every single time. And then you get to this week, and there's not really a pitcher at less than 70% owned that I think like the closest for me might be Jake Junis. Mm, yeah. It's bad. He's got Tampa Bay and he's at Detroit. So at Detroit is a great matchup. Uh, it's tough. This is not a good week. Yeah, I, I don't think there are a lot of games on Monday or Thursday next week, particularly Monday. So I think it's, it's a particularly light week in two start for two star pitchers. Uh, now let me open, open your mind to something here. I think we need to okay. start considering one start streamers more often because we saw this last year. They changed the MLB schedule. They extended the season a little bit. And it actually had, a, I think, a pretty s- fairly significant effect on two-star pitchers. We just don't have as many as we used to because the games are more spread out. So I think you need to be more open-minded to, not you, Heath, but everyone, needs to be more open-minded to one-start streamers. And can't really do that now. You sort of have to wait until the weekend, and we can talk about it on Monday. But it's just something to consider. You might want to take a look at... at one star pitchers who have good matchups and there will be there won't be that many two star pitchers going against you next week so you know it's a good week for one star streamers open your mind yeah um i i don't know like i guess yanni torinos is probably going to be a one star streamer against the royals there you go um that could i don't know if it's going to be a good week for it or not but it's been a rough season so far for Picking which bad pitcher who's been pitching well lately is not going to blow up. Yeah. All right, well, let's not do that then. Uh, the NFL Draft continues tonight and Saturday, and our coverage on CBS Sports HQ continues. Download the CBS Sports app. You got it on your Fire, on your Roku, on your Apple TV, wherever. You can watch it online as well. 
It's all free. It's 24-7. It's always streaming. It's great sports coverage. It's not just NFL Draft. There's obviously going to be fantasy talk on there. There's baseball. There's football. There's hockey. There's everything. It's it's old school sports coverage, and it's awesome. CBS Sports HQ. Uh, give it a shot. All right, news and notes. The Nationals are calling up Carter Keboom. We talked about him yesterday. He's 37% owned uh, in AAA. He's batting 379 with three homers and 18 RBIs and 16 walks and 20 strikeouts. So very good numbers for Carter Keboom. And is it short-term? Is he a must-add? You tell me, what, what do we do with uh, this shortstop prospect for the Nationals? And I didn't see any uh, quotes. So this is just my speculation. But I, I do believe this is short-term. He is still, I mean, this is his age 21 season. He wasn't near this good in the minor leagues last year. Had an 801 OPS split between double-A and high-A. So I, I think there's some definitely some upside. There's definitely team name upside once he's ready, but I expect this to be a short-term situation. So you're not really rushing to pick him up because you know you you could still pick him up and just see what happens, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I I don't have like, and I, I'm sure some people do, but I don't have any teams where I'm like, man, I wish I could pick up a shortstop. Okay, but what if? I don't so think Trey, he'd be good Trey enough to Turner, play his utility. Trey Turner comes back. Yeah. I'm trying to think here. And they just bench Brian Dozier? Yes. Uh, that's possible. You know, and then that's in, in that I, scenario, Keyboom will pick up second base eligibility. Yeah, and, and you might you might want to add him in a league where you have a middle infielder and need some upside at that position. But I really expect it's going to be a short term. Okay. Ross Stripling is headed back to the bullpen when Rich Hill returns, which should be this weekend. So Hill is 85% owned. Stripling is 84% owned. Should we make sure Hill is added in any league? He's mostly added, but still. And should we be dropping Ross Stripling? Uh, yeah, I'm, I expect Ross Stripling is going to be back in the rotation in the next 40 days, probably. But there, there's certainly a league where you can't hold on to him. And, and Rich Hill is must-add and pretty close to must-start once he's – I want to see him make one start – and see that he's okay, and then you just start him every time. Elvis Andrew returned. Elvis Andrews, that guy, returned to the lineup, and uh, he went two for four at Seattle. Hashtag buy high, Heath. Buy high. El- yeah, Elvis I don't. Andrews. I don't think that's the case at all. Why? Why? Um, there's there's too many shortstops, and a lot of it's been good batted ball luck so far. He might steal 25 bases. That would be exciting again. Right, yeah, but I don't. I don't think he's going to be better than like a top ten shortstop, though. I think he's going to be. Hmm. Hmm. He's like a low end starter. Glaber Torres, I was going to say. I think he's going to be better than Glaber Torres. Maybe. Glaber Torres is not a top twelve shortstop for me right now. He's not a top twenty shortstop right now in uh, in terms of fantasy production. Uh, let's see. Brandon Morrow can resume throwing in two weeks, but he still has a ways to go before he gets back. So pick up Pedro Strope. Miguel Andujar could be back in a week. That was a surprise. That's weird. Yeah. What is that? You know, what do you think playing through a shoulder injury? You don't know how he's going to perform. Um, yeah, yeah, you don't. Do we don't generally like hitters playing through shoulder injuries, and that's after they've healed the prescribed amount of time. If he comes back early, I'm going to be vo- very skeptical until we see him hit for some pop. Andujar hit 297 with 27 home runs last year, and he drove in 92 runs. And uh, is off to a three for thirteen start before hurting his shoulder, and he's still eighty nine percent owned. I thought he might get dropped in, in more leagues than that. The Yankees acquired outfielder Cameron Maben. That does not matter. Uh, public service announcement: Do not start Yusei Kikuchi today. He is going to pitch one, maybe two innings. Tyler Skaggs is going to start today, and I don't know if you want to start Tyler Skaggs, but I do think you want to add. Tyler Skaggs. Why isn't it playing? I'm going to Tyler Skaggs. I guess I'll do it myself. I'm going to Tyler Skaggs. He's 64% out. I think that's too low, Heath, for Skaggs. Yeah, I think that's a little bit too low. I'm not sure he should be 90% owned. Um, but there's, like, even when he, a lot of why we want him to be owned is because we think he's going to be better than he's been. I'm going to Tyler Skaggs. There you go. That's right. Gene Segura expected back tomorrow. Addison Russell is going to play some second base and some shortstop in the minors, but there's no timetable for his call-up. As Drupal Cabrera left with calf tightness, Rugnet Odor is going to return today. Jay Bruce could be back this weekend. Jordan Zimmerman left with an elbow issue, and Adam Jones has missed two games with a sore hand. 
All right, a lot of standouts from yesterday, but um, we'll go probably go through it pretty quickly so we can read emails, preview next week, and look at the top five at each position, kind of take a look at the landscape of fantasy baseball so far. All right, give me a standout. Uh, it was your favorite starting pitcher, Zach Grinke. Yeah. He was very good once again. And really, since the blow-up on opening day, he's looked very much like Zach Grinke. Oh, he's looked um, better than Zach Grinke. He's looked amazing. Uh, since, I don't. Since the blow I don't up, think there's any reason to have any concern. He's got a 2.20 ERA. He's four and five walks, 36 strikeouts, and four homers and 32 and two thirds. That's Granky uh, in the last five starts since that terrible start in uh, in Los Angeles against the Dodgers. I, I know I retweeted a stat from Al Melchior, so let me just find it. It was about Zach Granky, okay. and I think you might find it. Yes, it, he has a very high strikeout rate <laughs> based on his swinging strike rate. Um, a lot more strikeouts than you would expect for someone that gets the whiffs that he does. But, few but that's also because Zach Greinke has always been a guy that pitches along the edges more than anyone else. He's living on the edge. All right, he so He's halfway I, there. I really did not want Zach Greinke, and now it looks like that was a bad idea. But, I'm, you know, he's kind of old, and he struggled at the final two months of last season, so we'll see. But, yes, I mean, I can see that guy's pitching great. Other standouts? Um, Luis Castillo had a really weird start, but not, like in terms of fantasy production, it was another very good start. Did not allow a run, did not walk a batter, and the walks had been too high early in the year. But then, of course, you look at the stat line and you see he also didn't really strike anybody out either, just six Ks or two Ks in six innings. So I, this isn't something where I, I've got Castillo just right on the cusp of jumping into that ace tier. This start was not enough to move him, move him up into it. Two pitchers were just dazzling yesterday. Marco Gonzalez, seven scoreless with nine strikeouts. Caleb Smith, six innings, one run, eight strikeouts, and 19 swinging strikes. Who would you rather have, Marco Gonzalez or Caleb Smith? Caleb Smith, I think, may have jumped into my favorite stallion place in the rankings. And I had him about 10 spots ahead of Gonzalez. I don't really expect Marco Gonzalez to strike batters out like this. And Smith's control has been better, and the strikeouts I have very little doubt about. So I'll go with Smith. Smith's control has been better than Caleb Smith of last year, not than Marco Gonzalez, right? That's what you mean. Correct. Right. Marco Gonzalez, great control pitcher, not a great strikeout pitcher despite yesterday. Nine nine walks, 34 strikeouts in 45 innings, and a 1.20 whip um. Yeah, he's probably going to have a somewhat higher whip than you'd expect for his ERA, and he isn't going to K a lot of guys. So I get it. But Marco Gonzalez is five and zero. Oh. We should give him some credit for that. We're going to rank pitchers. I think the easiest way to sum up yesterday's games is to just rank some pitchers. We're going to rank Castillo versus Granky versus Tyone, Marco Gonzalez versus Caleb Smith versus John Lester. Three aces who may have gone back to back to back in drafts, and they pitched last night. But two standouts I want to make sure we talk about before we get to that. Justin Turner. Uh, it's time to discuss Justin Turner. He's batting 250 with a 284 slugging percentage. Buy low or heck no on Justin Turner. I wouldn't mind buying really, really low. Um, I, there are things that are a bit concerning. He's striking out more than he has in the past. He's not lifting the ball he's still hitting it very very hard though and it's still early enough in the season that i don't think he's just forgotten how to lift the ball um so i would buy very low he's not currently a top 10 third baseman for me though have you moved michael franco ahead of justin turner oh no we haven't got that far yet okay so who have we're about 25 spots apart at the beginning of the year and now they're maybe 10 spots apart okay can you know who you moved ahead of justin turner at third base um, Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman for sure. Yoan Moncada. I, I think Mustakas is ahead of him. You've got him back to back right now. Turner thirteen, Mustakas fourteen. Yeah. What about Moncada? Yes. Yeah. See, I, I I know the strikeouts are up and and the ground balls, but he is Turner is hitting the ball really hard, and he is still walking. 14 walks in 25 games. Career high, 51.4% hard contact rate. I have faith in him. 
I still I always have trouble trading for guys that are going to get hurt because he's one of the most likely players to get hurt. But if you can get over that, like in a shallower league where it might not matter that much, I you know I think now is the time to get Justin Turner. Not to say you're wrong about who you moved ahead of him in your rankings, but he's not this bad. He's still doing some. He's doing doing enough good things. Uh, I feel better about him than I do Travis Shaw. Okay. And Michael Chavis, uh, one for four with a home run. He now has two homers and a double and a steal in two attempts in just six games. So we talked about maybe Keyboom's potential to just play second base instead of a bad second baseman and Brian Dozier if he is bad. Chavis has bad competition. I mean, I know they're going to give Pedroia a chance, but I just don't have any faith in him. I do have some faith in Nunez, but it's, you know, it's kind of blind faith. And then Brock Holt's n- nothing special. So Michael Chavis is is 29% owned. And I, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting to figure out how to pronounce his name if it's Chavis or Chavis, so I apologize for that. But I think he's off to a very nice start. Four walks of six strikeouts here. I'm not sure we should be ignoring this. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think we should ignore it. I, I'm not really worried about the bat. I think he'll hit better than the other guys that you mentioned. I, I think he's the best hitter of the group. It's The question is whether he can play second base to a level that the Red Sox can accept. So far, I haven't seen Chavis play a lot, but he's not done anything embarrassing. He hasn't committed any errors yet. He did turn a double play the other day. So it's kind of, I think it's just, is if he can keep playing second base at just an adequate level, and there's not a ball, lot of balls just out of his reach because of his limited range, then I think he's just going to stick. And let me just look up one thing here. Uh, he is a righty, which is good. I think there is there also the possibility. Does he play third base? Could he play third? Uh, yeah, he was originally right. a third base. So if they get fed up with Rafael Devers, who's starting to hit a little bit better, by the way, but maybe they could yeah. platoon and sit Devers against lefties. They could do that, but that's not really, like, it's not great for Chavis. He needs to be the everyday second base. No, he'd play he a little second base. He'd play a little third base, you know. A little first base. A little first. Right. Why not? Uh, okay. Anybody can play first base. So if you were going to stash Keyboom or Chavis, who would it be? Uh, I'd be Chavis. Okay. And so, I'm just going to say it the opposite way. <laughs> you say it every time. <laughs> cover our bases. I like that. All right. We're going to take a quick break on fantasy baseball today. When we come back, we are going to rank some starting pitchers. And take a look at the most added list and a lot more. Stick around. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Ready for some rankings, Heath? Oh, yeah. I've been been looking forward to this all morning. These three pitchers may have gone back-to-back-to-back in your drafts. They all pitched yesterday. Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer, Aaron Nola. Rank them. I don't believe the order of these three has changed. Yeah, it has changed a little bit. I have Garrett Cole fourth. Overall, a pitcher, I've got Trevor Bauer fifth. I have dropped Aaron Nola down to 11th. He just, like, I'm not really worried about him being bad like he has been, but he's just not, it's not there right now. And it was a little bit surprising last year how good he was. And so he may just fall back into that barely an ace level uh, just outside of the top 10 starting pitchers. I, I have no qualms about Garrett Cole the Trevor Bauer walks thing is a little bit weird but they're both going to be fantastic Garrett Cole's strikeout rate is just outrageous 54 strikeouts and 36 and a third he's definitely better than that ERA he's had one terrible start he's got a 471 ERA but five quality starts in six starts he's gone seven innings or more twice in six starts which is not a ton but it's good because toward the end of last season they were sort of limiting Garrett Cole's innings per start um you have you said you have Noah eleventh. Did you put him behind Kershaw? He is two spots behind Kershaw. So I think you might be a little bit aggressive with your Kershaw ranking. Uh yeah, I think I, I don't know where anybody else has. I know compared to Scott White, I'm definitely aggressive with my Kershaw ranking. I just feel like I've I've said this so many times that 
that was not his last DL stint. I, I believe he will be back on the DL. Yeah. Um, I think that like if you make that bet about every pitcher in the top 15, that you'll be right more than you're wrong. Yeah, but Kershaw and, would be and he at is, the top of the he list. Has, he has an increased risk. Maybe he's 20% more likely to go on the DL. 20, at least IL 21. Than, oh, I said what? DL, didn't I? 21%. I said DL, I meant IL. Thank you. Chavis, Chavis. Have I thrown you off by interrupting you? I apologize. No, not at all. (laughs) I was done. (laughs) Okay, okay. All right, Gabe (laughs) Kapler said this about Aaron Nola yesterday. Really good sign for Nola. Steps in the right direction. Still not his best. Still not his best curveball, but certainly moving in the right direction and looking more and more like himself. All right, rank them. Part two. Luis Castillo, Zach Granke, Jamison Tyone. And this is really about how high have you moved up Luis Castillo, because I don't think Zach Greinke or Jamison Tyone have moved in my rankings this season, other than when I've moved someone else ahead of or behind them. Uh, Greinke's still firmly at the end of the ace tier. Tyone's still at the top of the almost aces. And Castillo squeezed his way in between the two. I do think there's a possibility. There's, I think there's more upside with Luis Castillo than there's the other two here. He's the one guy on this list I could see being a, like a top seven or eight starting pitcher the rest of the way, and I don't really think Grinky or Tyone is going to. Um, but they're all within a range of ten starting pitchers. So I, I think that Tyone has done some stuff that could warrant a drop in the rankings. He has 25 strikeouts in 31 innings. Um, he has a 4.06 ERA. Just hasn't he hasn't really dominated. And the last 14 starts of last season, Tyone had a 2.27 ERA, 86 strikeouts, and 91 and a third. Uh, 12 of the 14 starts were quality starts. Did not allow more than three earned runs in any of the 14 starts. He was really, really good. And he has not continued that. It's only five or six starts for him, so it's obviously early. Five starts, I believe. But I, I personally am disappointed in Tyone, and I'm wondering, is there a buy-low opportunity, or was he overrated? Or is neither applicable here? You seem to just not have changed your mind. Yeah, I mean, I had him just like around 24th, I think, at starting pitcher at the beginning of the year, 22nd, somewhere in that range. So that's not a guy that I really expected to dominate. So I haven't been that worried about what he's done so far. I think it's just well within the range of what's going to happen over five starts for a guy like him. There are some weird things that make me think he might be a little bit of a buy low, though, because the strikeout rate has really kind of collapsed. He's striking out 19.1% of hitters, which is considerably worse than it's been the last couple of years. His swinging strike rate is a career high up to 12.5%. And last year, that was kind of what made the difference for him was he went from being an 8% guy to a 10%. If he's a 12.5% swinging strike rate guy, I would expect a lot more strikeouts moving forward. And then you look at the peripherals, even with that strikeout rate, and his FIPS 3.11. Right. His Sierra's not very good at 4.05, but that's kind of the range I expect from him. I, I think he's going to be a mid to high three ZRA pitcher, and it's just going to depend on whether the strikeouts come back at all. Yeah. All right, I was hoping for a lot more, uh, a lot better than that from Tyone. Um, and the swinging strike rate in the final 14 starts, and I think that's when he incorporated the slider last year, it wasn't just a random 14-start sample, was 12%. So that's really good, and it's 12.5% now. So maybe we're on to something that... Maybe people aren't really down on Jamison Tyone. You know, that's possible. But if somebody is, because the raw numbers don't look great, perhaps you've got an opportunity to get something there. All right, rank them part three. There are five pitchers in this group, Heath. Marco Gonzalez, John Lester... Rick Porcello, Caleb Smith, Masahiro Tanaka. Marco Gonzalez, John Lester, Rick Porcello, Caleb Smith, and Masahiro Tanaka. I will go Tanaka first, then Caleb Smith, then Marco Gonzalez, and Lester and Porcello are left? Yes, you're going Tanaka, Caleb Smith, Gonzalez, and then, yes, Lester and Porcello. Yeah, I think we're just going to leave both them there at the end together. Lester I, four, I, I don't, five. I don't want to make a choice between the two of them. Uh, I mean, I think it's interesting to have Caleb Smith over John Lester. Lester's having a really good start to the season. 237 ERA, 19 strikeouts in 19 innings. Strikeout rate plummeted last year, but struck out a batter per nine two years ago. 
with a bad ERA. He's a, he's weird. Oh, he's he's very very weird, and he is a guy who has outperformed his peripherals significantly multiple times in the past. Um, but right now he's got a two three seven ERA and a four eleven FIP. I just don't know that I necessarily buy it. Okay. Bull- I, I'll take Lester over Porcello. All right, bullpen. By the way, uh, P.S. Masahiro Tanaka drives me absolutely crazy. He is just an example of a pitcher who has a terrible fastball, and what happens when his other stuff is not on? He goes out. Yeah, I mean, he's blows a four-run lead. He's at really the good most of the time, and then every once in a while he gets to knock it around. He does. That's right. Uh, in the bullpen, Hector Neris took the loss yesterday. Gave up a two-run homer, but that was in his second inning of work. He pitched in the ninth inning at home in a tie game and threw a scoreless inning, and then he came back out. Don't make him come back out. Treat him like the closer that he is. Uh, but Neris is 44% owned and still is having a really good year. Two walks, 17 strikeouts, and 11 and a third. Sergio Romo also got a save. He's 18% owned. But we should focus on Neris. Uh, what happens when David Robertson comes back? And you see Sergio Romo there as well. And he, he's the closer for the Marlins, just... Not going to get a ton of saves. But what happens to Hector Neris when Robertson comes back? I don't think the Phillies are going to have a closer. I I mean, I, I still think probably now you'd have to expect that Hector, Hector Neris is going to lead this team in saves, but I don't expect anybody in the Phillies is going to get 20 of them. Um. Yeah. Okay, so you th- you said Neris you think would... Would lead I think he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's give Naris eighteen, and we'll give uh, Robertson maybe twelve, five for Sir Anthony, another okay. ten mixed amongst three or four players. All right, all right. And it's interesting because I do think Naris has basically been used like a closer since Robertson went on the IL. Uh, we're pretty much done with yesterday. Just some deep league guys. He's uh, got a soft spot for Cole Calhoun. And he has homered in two straight games, and he's 26% owned. His teammate, Tommy Lestella, already has seven home runs. That's a career high for Tommy Lestella. He's 13% owned. And then a couple of uh, speedy guys. Tyler Wade for the Yankees. He has four steals in his last three games. And Gerard Dyson. He's actually only stolen three bases, but he's having by far his best season as a hitter. Uh, 333 with three home runs, nine walks, 10 strikeouts in 20 games. He does sit against lefties, I'm pretty sure. But Dyson leads off against righties. I don't know why I dropped him in our five outfielder league. I think I dropped him because I know that Gerard Dyson is a bad hitter, and he has been every single year. But uh, he's off to a good start. But would you like to say anything about Cole Calhoun, Tommy LaStella, Tyler Wade, or Gerard Dyson? I think it's hilarious the way that you spelled Cole Calhoun's name in the notes. <laughs> I um, do it every time. No, I, I, I do have a soft spot for him. I do think that he can be mixed league viable in a five outfielder league. He got off to another slow start this year, but he, like, he may just set a career high in home runs, and he should score a lot of runs hitting in front of Mike Trout. It'd be nice if he wasn't hitting below the Mendoza line. The only other guy I'm really particularly interested in on that list is Dyson, and it's because of the steals, not because of the home runs or what he's done with his bat so far, but I do still think if he hits well enough to play regularly, he's going to steal 30 or 40 bases. Yeah, well, he's stolen 26 to 36 bases in... Six of his last seven seasons, the only exception being last year when Dyson played just 67 games. But usually he's such a bad bat that you, you pretty much can't justify putting him in your, in your lineup. But leading off, that is a nice thing, even if it's only against righties. All right. right. When we come back, the most added list. And I'm going to just ask Keith a general fantasy question. We're going to have like a nice little conversation. It's going to be wonderful. Coming right back on Fantasy Baseball Today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. So how's how's uh, 2019 fantasy baseball going for you, Heath? I've got too many leagues to answer that um, accurately, I guess. But okay. I think it's going meh so far. 
it's like you don't know anything about your team yet. Um, my Michael Brantley teams are feeling pretty good, and my Eli Jimenez teams are feeling pretty bad. But I will say the teams where I prioritize starting pitching are probably my best right now. Thank you for saying that because – the podcast league, I am an absolute embarrassment in the podcast league, and I usually do well. I make the playoffs just about every year in the podcast league, the head-to-head points league. And this year, my first three picks were Freddie Freeman, Aaron Judge. Let me go back to the draft results. I know I really yeah, waited. Yeah, you should go back and look at my first four picks. I know. How's your team doing? You're killing it or what? I I'm a, I think I'm 2-1. and one. Okay, I'm going to be 1-3. and three. My picks hmm. were Freddie Freeman, Aaron Judge. Uh, oh, I did take Strasburg. Okay. Strasburg, Carlos Correa, Jamison. All right. I guess I didn't. Uh, I'm sorry. So I thought you I. You have uh, a bad, really bad team. Well, I, this is a Severino team. I thought I prioritized hitting more than, than usual in this draft. And I did. Just maybe not quite as much at the top. Uh, and it's backfired. Yeah. My, my, Best teams have good pitching, so that's I'm uh, I'm going to be three and one, and I think I took pitcher with my first four or five picks in that league just because I wanted to do something different, right. and uh, it's worked out pretty well. Yes, you took Degrom, Cole, Paxton, Granky, and then Jose Abreu, and then Michael Brand- Michael Brantley in the sixth round. Wow, good for you. It's worked out well. It has. Uh, yeah, we'll see. It's been a sort of a so-so start for me as well, although I gotta say, I got two teams that are, like, middle of the pack, and they both have Jose Ramirez, so I'm feeling good about those teams once he gets going. I think I got a chance there. Um, I, I have never won one of, well, first off, I've never won one of our podcast leagues, but I've also never won one of our AL or NL only leagues. Okay. And, um, I actually have, I'm in first place in our NL only industry league. And I have Trey Turner on that team. Oh, very nice. It's Roto? Yeah. And if my the 14-team points league that we're in, sport, uh, editorial league, of course, like, just crushing it. I just, I own that league. Absolutely own it. Just, yeah? Just have you ever won it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, Jamie and I share a team. We won it once. We're so good. It's amazing. Like, it's just so good. Just, if you're in a 14-team points league, just come to me. Because I just, I, I, ownership. Uh, here's an email. Email of the day is from Thad in Raleigh, North Carolina. Subject, if you think Big League Chew is gross, dot, 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 check this out. Here in Raleigh in the 80s, there was an ice cream place whose whole thing was, we have the craziest toppings. So you can probably see where this is going. Every time I went, I'd get chocolate ice cream with pink Big League Chew as the topping. When cold, Big League Chew morphs into a rubbery consistency. So it was kind of like chewing on a big cold ball of plastic bag ties. Ugh. Yum. That's the worst ice cream I've ever heard. Ever. Would you like to hear about the ice cream cake I ordered for my wife for her birthday? Yeah. And tell your wife I said happy birthday. Thanks. I will. Okay. So it's Ben and Jerry's cake. Have you ever had one? No. People love them. It's got... Chocolate chip cookie dough and chocolate fudge brownie are the flavors. The filling is crumbled brownies. And the toppings are drizzled fudge and M&M's. That sounds better than Big League Chew. It's going to be a really good cake. Very excited about this. Also excited about the most added list. Here we go. Um, He'd say something interesting while I pull up the most added list. Uh, My son had a basketball tournament this week at his school. They do a third, fourth, and fifth grade one-on-one tournament, and anyone in the school can enter it. And yesterday, he won the third grade championship, went 7-0 and undefeated in the tournament. Damn! All yeah. right. Way to go. Congrats. So he is the best third grade basketball player at his school. That's awesome, That's what I keep man. telling him. He's just embarrassed by the whole thing. Yeah. He, he. I would say he is the Renato Nunez of third grade basketball, because Renato Nunez is the most added player in CBS Sports Leagues. His teammate, Dwight Smith is the second, excuse me, the second most added player. We talked about them the other day, but that is strange to have two Orioles as the most added. Uh, and then there's Mike Soroka and Hunter Dozier, and Zach Davies, Cole Tucker, 
who I guess we can compare Cole Tucker to Keyboom and Chavis Chavis. Uh, there's some closers on there that we'll get to. Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver, 79% owned. He's probably still under-owned. Got a, got a thought on the most added list? I'm not adding either of those Orioles um, to any of my mixed league teams, and I understand why people are. I, I don't think this is necessarily going to last. Uh, Soroka and Weaver are the only two guys that I've really made an effort. I did go add Elias in one league where I was really desperate for saves, but I don't know if he's going to give me any. And I, I've added Hunter Dozier in some league. Of course. Zach Davies, 68% owned. How does that sound to you? Almost perfect. Oh, really? I thought you were going to say too high. No, that's that's fine. I I probably need to make sure that Zach Davies is in my starting pitcher rankings. He's got a good matchup this weekend. Oh, uh, no. He's at the Mets this weekend. Not, not necessarily a good matchup. Uh, if we just look at the relievers on the most added list... Tell me how, who you like out of this group. Hector Neris, Rowenis Elias, Ryan Brazier, and Ty Buttry. I would rank those, I mean, since we've been doing the ranking thing all day, I, I would rank them uh, Brazier, Neris, Elias, Buttry. Brazier is 75% owned, and I, look, I don't know that he's getting every save for them, but every... <laughs> Like, Barnes keeps being used in non-save situations. Brazier keeps being used in save situations. If I told you the closer of the Red Sox was available in 25% of leagues, that guy just has to be owned in probably more leagues than that. Probably. I won't say definitely. Yeah, yeah I, I, again, I think the whole problem with these closer ownership percentages, and we've talked about it a lot, is it's just the, the bar for being owned in a points league as a relief pitcher is really, really high. Okay, so I still think like like would you rather have Ryan Brazier or Brad Peacock? I I have Brazier ranked higher right now. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like he, I understand wanting a spark over a normal closer, but I think Brazier's got a chance to be one of those closers that is absolutely must own regardless of format. I think he has a chance to be that. I don't think he's that yet. I've got him 27th in points uh, in my relief pitcher rankings, and I need to move Ross Stripling behind him so that'll make him 26th. But he's right there in that same range with, like, Pedro Strope. That if you're starting them, I think that's fine. I don't think you feel bad about it. But if you have two relievers and you notice that that one of those two is available, I'm not sure you're dropping the guy you've been using. I agree. Uh, potential to get there, not quite there yet. All right, time for a quick round of emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. This is from Michael. Is it time to drop Dallas Keuchel? Dallas Keuchel is 78% owned. Is it time to drop him? I Yeah, it can be. It, I mean, it just depends. At this point in the season, it's all about the roster construction and how many IL spots you have and how many IL players you have. I've got a league where I only have two IL spots and I think I have six players on the injured list that I just would not drop. Um, and so I, I had Keiko on that team and I cut him loose. I'm much more likely to cut loose of him in a categories league than I am a points league. This is from Justin. Is it time to drop you Darvish? Would you drop Darvish to hold on to Eloy Jimenez a little bit longer? I would rather hold on to Eloy than Darvish. I'm not really at the point of considering dropping either of them. This is from Nick in New Jersey. Uh, it's about Caleb Smith, so we will skip it, although Nick wants me to play Old Town Road. Is that the song that Chris wanted me to play for the Stallions? Yes, and it's just a ter- like it's a ter- What I hate about it is there was a big controversy over them saying it wasn't a country song. And and I was on Old Town Road's side on that controversy because almost nothing on the country charts is what I would consider a country song. So it should have been on the charts. But then I listened to it, and it's just awful. Who sings it? Uh, Lil Nas? Maybe? Okay. So let, featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. Yes. Okay. So we'll try to get a little sample of it here. We're not actually going to play it. No, no, what are you doing? He's got a picture of Stallions on this video I'm watching here. Yeah, I listened to it when Chris recommended it. It was awful. Yeah, I'm going to take my horse through the old town road. I'm going (laughs) to ride till I can't no more. I'm going to take my 
holes through the old town road. I'm going, what are you doing right now? I can't. I got to stay. I don't know if there's any foul language or anything, so I have to turn it off. Yeah, I, I think the bad. whole thing's foul. That's, that's very bad. That's a bad song. Um, all right. This is Brandon from close to the home of the Flying Tigers. With Vladimir Guerrero Jr. coming up in a dynasty league, I have to drop one. Who do I drop in dynasty? Clint Frazier, Nomar Mazzara, Kristen Stewart, Raphael Devers, Garrett Hampson, or Hunter Dozier? Um, I would probably drop Dozier. Kristen Stewart is uh, the easy one to drop for this year, but assuming that you don't have to start Dozier or Stewart, I would rather have Stewart on my bench in a dynasty league. Mike from Boston, who do you like rest of season in a points league? Marcus Simeon or Jorge Polanco? I those were two, these are two guys that moved up the most in my shortstop rankings. Um, I'm going to go with Polanco in a points. Yeah, I think Polanco was a top twelve shortstop in points last. Year. Well, wait, I get him confused. No, he was suspended last year, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he wasn't top twelve in points. No, it was uh, Escobar was. I get him confused with Escobar. But Polanco has a points league profile, whereas Simeon didn't in the past. But because his plate discipline is so good, he kind of does now. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, Kyle wants to know, would you drop any of these guys for any of those guys? Uh, Victor Robles, Eloy Jimenez, or Ryan McMahon? Would you drop any of them? Robles, Jimenez, McMahon. For Christian Walker, Simeon, Yandy Diaz, Josh Bell, or Jock Peterson? I would not. This is from Trevor in Plainfield. Who do I drop? Yes. Why aren't you reading any of the names so I can uh, guess them all? Dear Frank, Paul, and Jose. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yes, you are. <laughs> White Sox first baseman. Uh, who should I drop to make room for Daniel Murphy? Brandon Lau, Hunter Dozier, Adam Jones, Eloy Jimenez, Clint Frazier, Josh Donaldson, or Malik Smith? I would be... Well, if you're, it's to bring Murphy off the IL, you can just put Clint Frazier on the IL. Okay, fine. The point is though, like, I want you to do like some ranking. So who's your least favorite out of Lau, Hunter Dozier, <laughs> Adam Jones, Eloy, Clint Frazier, Donaldson, and Malik Smith? I'm just trying to help the guy with strategy for fantasy baseball. Understood. Um, the two that I would consider would be Frazier and Dozier. Okay. All right, let's look at the top five at each position, Heath. Here we go. Your top five catchers in points leagues. I'll alternate between points and roto. Wilson Contreras, Yasmani Grandal, Omar Narvaez, JT Realmuto, and Yadier Molina. Again, top five catchers in points league are Wilson Contreras, Yasmani Grandal, Omar Narvaez, JT Realmuto, and Yadier Molina. Um, I think you deserve some credit. I think you called the Omar Narvaez breakout, and it's happening. I would not say that. Thank you. I appreciate it. I pointed out that Omar Narvaez was OBP League, someone you wanted to pay attention to. He does walk a lot. Uh, Scott was probably a little bit more optimistic about Narvaez than I was. Uh, do you think he's a good hitter? I think he is a good hitter for a catcher. Okay. Batting 286 with five home runs, and he has nine walks to 19 strikeouts. Wilson Contreras actually leads all catchers with 13 walks. Is there anything here? By the way, uh, I'm now seeing... Oh, in Roto, I should point out in Roto that Mitch Garver is a top five catcher, but not in points. He's probably like sixth. <laughs> uh, seventh. And I'm surprised that Wilson Ramos is, is sixth in points. That's crazy to me, because he has had a crap year. Batting 278, slugging 333, but getting on base a decent amount and probably playing a lot. Wilson Ramos. Adam, okay. he's a catcher. Yeah, yeah, but still, that's bad. All right, top five first baseman. Let's go to Roto format here. Top five first baseman. Cody Bellinger, Pete Alonzo, Trey Mancini, Paul Goldschmidt, and Christian Walker. Just like we expected. Uh, Bellinger, I've moved up to my number three first baseman rest of season, and I'm not sure that I'm done moving him for the rest of the, for the season. He's been absolutely incredible. He's sliced the strikeout rate to a level where if he kept it there, he's just going to be one of the best hitters in baseball. Yeah, he hasn't slowed down. Now, Mancini, you know, he cooled off a little, but 
not that much. I mean, Mancini's been pretty good too. He's still got an OPS just over a thousand. Yeah, it's uh, it's uncomfortable. I wish he would cool off a little bit more. <laughs> like uh, if you look back to when he was really good in 2017, at least really good for him, he hit almost 300 that year. Um, with 24 home runs, he might get up to 30 this year. I still don't think he's going to drive in a lot of runs, but he might he might score 100, hitting at the top of the order. So. I I won't be able to find a way probably to get Trey Manzini into my top 12 first baseman anytime in the next month. But if he keeps us up for a month from now, I'll have to reevaluate. I want to tell you a trade that went down in one of my leagues, the 13-team Roto League involving Trey Mancini. So let me just get that for you because it was, I think, a very good sell-high trades. Here we go. Um, it was, I mean, this is just... This is just ridiculous. Uh, giving up Kevin Gosman, Freddie Galvis, and Trey Mancini. Getting George Springer and Harrison Bader. So you're basically just getting Springer. But that's just right. giving up like three replaceable pieces, unless you really believe in Kevin Gosman. His pitching's hard to find in this league. But Gosman, Mancini, and Galvis for Springer and Bader. And I think the guy getting Springer just, just really won that trade. Oh, yeah. It was... Um... I thought you were going to tell me that you had to uh, veto it because no. it was unfair. <laughs> no, it was a good trade. It was good for him, and he's got a really good yep. team, and that pisses me off. Uh, second base, top five in points leagues, Javier Baez, Yoan Moncada, Jose Altuve. One steal and three attempts for Jose Altuve. Quit Merrifield and Colton Wong. Uh, Baez, Moncada, Altuve, Merrifield, and Wong. Yeah, Javier Baez is just going to make us look like complete idiots this season. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'll wear it. That's fine. He is, um, all, most of the things that I said, well, that's not going to keep up because it's ridiculous and nobody does that has just gotten more ridiculous. He had a 24% home run to fly ball rate last year. He's up to 27% now. He had like a 350, 347 Babip last year. He's at 377 now. He's striking out more than he did in 2018, so that's fine. <laughs> so, so what do you think? Do you think he sustains it, <laughs> or do you think? I mean, what, what do you want me to say? Well, I, like this, this is the reverse Matt Carpenter to where he was. It's just bled over into the first part of this year, but there's still a cold streak coming. I, he's not my number one second baseman for the rest of the year. Um, I'd rather have Altuve. I'd still rather have Whit Merrifield, but. What he's doing is both really good and doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, he's he's just an interesting player, and I I could understand Baez being number one in in Roto, but the plate discipline should drag him down, and yet he's number one in points. Um, also, <laughs> Colton Wong. I mean, Colton Wong has 16 walks to 14 strikeouts. Yeah, he, that's that's really very impressive. He, he's not hitting for as he, much power lately, I don't think, but he's doing some good things. Yeah, because on this list, like I've I've just decided to own the bias thing. That's fine, and I have moved Yoan Moncada up considerably. I'm pretty much buying into him. Wong's the guy on this list that I really haven't yet, and it's getting closer to time where I might have to reevaluate that. Okay, I just want to. He's so much fewer at bats, so I want to see if he's playing against lefties. I suspect he is not. Um, well, they have only faced. Three left-handed starting pitchers. And uh, Colton Wong. Yeah, he's been in the lineup. He's been in the lineup for all three of them. Maybe he gets pinch hit. Uh, no, they faced four. And he's been in the lineup for all four. Uh, all right, but I don't know why he's so many fewer at-bats than the other guys. All right, let's move on to shortstop. Tim Anderson in Roto. Tim Anderson is number one. Javier Baez is two. Trevor Story, three. Paul DeYoung, four. Adalberto Mondesi, five. Top five shortstops in Roto are Tim Anderson, Javi Baez, Trevor Story, Paul DeYoung, and Adalberto Mondesi. And then you know what, Heath? Let's extend it to six and mention um, Marcus Simeon. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about Marcus Simeon, but I um, the one that's really interesting to me is Tim Anderson. because And Scott White said it before, I think on Monday when I was kind of giving a hard time because I don't buy into Anderson much more than he does. But... 
Anderson has really had months like this where he takes off and runs a ton. It looks like, oh, he's going to turn into the 40 or 50 steal guy, and he just hasn't. I know the batting average is not going to continue. I don't really think he's going to hit 30 home runs, but if he just keeps running like this, a lot of that other stuff, regression's not going to matter too much. And then the Paul DeYoung, I, yeah. I think I need to rank him ahead of Corey Seager and Roto. Okay, uh, we've gotten to that point, huh? Uh, and then I think so. It's actually not Simeon who's eight. It's who's six. He's eighth. Tim Beckham and Elvis Andrews are six and seven. Uh, by high and Andrews. Uh, Beckham, yeah, I don't think we... Beckham did homer yesterday, but he had really cooled off. I don't think we're buying him. No. Okay. Outfield. Uh, or did we do? No, we didn't do third base. Third base. Sorry, graphics department. Third base. Javi Baez. Javi Baez is number one at second base, number two at shortstop, and number one at third base. Anthony Rendon, Yoan Moncada, Michael Franco, and Matt Chapman. Talk about Franco and Chapman. Uh, Chapman just looks like a star. Like he's one of the best defensive players in baseball, and he's just raking. And there's not anything like he's hitting 311 with a 274 Babbitt right now. And, and he's, he's got, got more walks and strikeouts. Months. Yeah. Um, he, his strikeout rate's 10%. I don't think, like, he was a 24% strikeout guy. It was kind of almost a problem before that. 28% in 2017. I don't think this is anywhere close to real, but it's kind of a weird thing that's happened that Scott has talked about with a couple of the athletic. Right. But if he's like below 20%, he just has, gets it to like a Paul DeYoung this year level at 18%, he's still an absolute star, and we're probably going to keep showing him in this graphic. Top five outfielders in Roto, Cody Bellinger, Christian Yelich, Marcel Ozuna, Domingo Santana, George Springer. Top five outfielders in Roto. It's nice that Springer's there. He's, he's usually better in points, not to say bad in Roto, but top five. So again, Bellinger, Yelich, Ozuna, Santana, Springer. Yeah, I, I like we've talked so much about Bellinger and Yelich, and they're both awesome. And we've talked a lot about Domingo and Santana. I don't know that we've talked enough about what Marcelo Ozuna has done since his slow start. He's just been one of the hottest. He's had he's had a stretch for a couple of weeks where he's been almost as good as Bellinger and Yelich. And then, yeah, Springer has kind of been quietly good, hasn't he? I would say so. Um, he's stolen two bases. He's batting 283, eight home runs, uh, 19 runs, 21 RBIs. That's That feels like a lot for a leadoff hitter. But, yeah, I, I would say quietly good. I mean, 374 on base percentage is really good for Springer. Let's see what he usually is at there. 357 is his career, but I don't think he's ever had it right. quite this high. All right, so I don't know if the walk rate's much better. But 14 walks in 25 games... It's better, but it's not like off the charts. So he's he's just having a good year. But I guess the question is: Is he a two sixty five hitter? Is he a two eighty hitter? Because that's the difference between two thousand seventeen and two thousand eighteen, basically. You know. Uh, no, I think I think that'll make a, a huge difference. And then the other thing is like he can't keep up this home run pace. But I don't know that forty is necessarily out of the question. You like Marcel Ozuna or George Springer? Uh, I still have Springer ranked higher. I, I've moved Ozuna up quite a bit. I don't think Springer's really moved too much in my rankings, but he was he was way ahead of him before the season. And it is worth noting, as far as Springer goes, according to Baseball Savant, his average exit velocity is ninety three point one miles per hour. That's elite. Wow. His hard hit rate is fifty nine percent. I feel like it's I feel like it's a hot streak. You know, like he's he's right. really good. I don't know if he's great. I'd have to look okay, more into that because there was one year where it looked like Springer was become was absolutely great, and then he got hurt. Um, so I'm not okay. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna look up my Springer notes and get back to you on that. We don't have time for pitchers, so let's go for the top five pitchers. Uh, in points and roto. So let's just go, Heath, to the two-star pitchers for the crappy two-star pitchers for Fantasy Week 6. And uh, I guess we can take a look at some of the high-owned guys and whether or not we're going to start them or sit them. Uh, do we have any at Colorado's? It's always the first thing I look at. 
We are we going to start Walker Bueller at San Francisco and at San Diego? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if he, he's not Walker Bueller right now, but we start bad pitchers at San Francisco. So, absolutely. Are we going to start Brad Keller against Blake Snell and Daniel Norris? You don't really like the first matchup, but he's a two like he's good enough to start pretty much almost every week that he's a two star pitcher. Brad Keller's got Tampa Bay and Detroit. I don't know why I said the pitcher names. Frankie Montas at Boston and at Pittsburgh. This is the only one that is really a question for me on this first list of starting pitchers, and he's he's the least proven. I like the matchup at Pittsburgh enough to swallow the matchup at Boston. I'll start him. So Montas has actually faced the Astros twice and the Rangers once, and they all have good lineups. And he's come through all of those starts fine. He's given up a total of eight runs in 16 and two-thirds innings uh, in those three starts. So not great, but respectable. And in a points league, that would work in a two-start week. We're obviously going to start Blake Snell. I think you could start Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, you don't want to start Julio Tehran, I'm guessing, but he does have San Diego and at Miami. No. Same matchups for Mike Soroka. Yeah, we definitely want to start him. Yolisha seen Colorado and the Mets at home. I don't really want to, but I understand why somebody would. Then we've got Nick Margevichis, Michael Pineda, Jeff Samarja, Jake Odorizzi, Anibal Sanchez, Tanner Roark, Jake Junis, Adam Wainwright, Ivan Nova, Clay Buckholtz, David Hess, Hector Velasquez, Irvin Santana, Jason Vargas, Daniel Ponce de Leon, and Chad Bettis. Yeah, those are all the guys that I looked at and said, no, I don't see a pitcher under 70% that I can recommend starting. Also, Ponce de Leon was, I uh, know, he's not going to be. It's possible. No, Michael, I don't think he is at all. It's possible Michael Waka is going to be a two-star pitcher next week. Uh, yeah, I think the, the most likely outcome is probably that Ponce de Leon is a one-star pitcher and Michael Waka is a one-star pitcher. Okay. Well, I think they sent Ponce de Leon to AAA, though. Oh, did they send him back? Yes, on April 24th. Uh, okay, Wednesday. well, then that's not the most likely situation. Yes. Michael Waka will be back for his next start. I don't know when that is, but it could be Monday at Washington. So he could be a two-star pitcher. If you need someone this weekend, if you want to win your league this weekend, Heath, do you like any of these guys? Uh, the Friday streamers, Matt Strom at Washington, Jared Eikhoff against Miami, Chase Anderson at the Mets, Daniel Norris at the White Sox, Tyler Skaggs at the Royals. I don't, I kind of like starting Eikhoff. Yeah. I, I mean, the Marlins are just, by, they're just the They're worst. really bad. Yeah. So I like, I'm always going to pick on the Marlins in this segment. Is that, is that it? The only, I mean, I think Skaggs is an okay start. He would be my second choice. Yeah. But I, it would definitely have to be a situation where I thought I had already lost ratios and I was just chasing wins in case. Okay. Uh, Saturday streamers. Tyler Malley at St. Louis. Aaron Sanchez against Oakland. Derek Holland at the Yankees. Trevor Richards at the Phillies. Jorge Lopez against the Angels. I'm probably starting Trevor Richards. I think he's, like, it's a bad matchup, but I think he's good enough that I'm just probably starting him until he hurts me. Uh, Derek Holland is at home against the Yankees, right? Yes. I would, he would be my second favorite. I, I would consider that. Sunday streamers, Yanni Chirinos at Boston. Pablo Lopez at Philly. Zach Davies at the Mets. Steven Matz, he is the most owned. Uh, actually, Luke Weaver is. They're both 78-ish percent owned. Steven Matz against Milwaukee. Manny Benuelos against Detroit. Homer Bailey against the Angels. Derek Rodriguez against the Yankees. Eric Swanson against Texas. Luke Weaver against the Cubs. And Wade Miley against Cleveland. I'm starting Luke Weaver. I'm starting uh, Pablo. I I would probably start Steven Matz. He's been good a lot more often than he's been bad. And I don't think Derek Rodriguez is a terrible option. I actually don't think Wade Miley is that bad of an option against Cleveland, even with Lindor back, as long as you're not aiming for strikeouts. Like, I think you can get a quality start out of Wade Miley. Um, yeah, there's some decent streamers this week. I, I, who's your absolute favorite? It might be, other than Luke Weaver, because he's 79% on, I think it might be Eikhoff for me. Although, yeah, it might but, also be Trevor Richards. <laughs> right, yeah. 
see, I, I have a hard time thinking about Richards being a uh, streamer. But yeah, I, I would rather him than Eichel. He's fifty-eight percent owned. Right. That's just that's Pablo Richards. Pablo Lopez is just like still like thirty-three percent owned or something. Thirty-three. Um. Okay. Two thousand seventeen for George Springer. So last year he disappointed. He batted two sixty-five with twenty-two home runs in one hundred and forty games. But in two thousand seventeen. His first 99 games, he batted 310 with 27 homers, um, a 973 OPS. Why am I only looking at the first 99 games? Because that's when he, that's before he sustained a quad injury. He missed two weeks with a quad injury. He came back. He had a 717 OPS in 47 games after the injury. And then he was the World Series MVP, I believe. Um, he had five home runs in the final six games of the World Series. But I thought 2017 George Springer really busted out, and that's why I was so excited about him last year, which was a complete disaster. So maybe, maybe there's something there. Maybe he really is kind of a top five outfielder. I know we're not going to rank him that way, but someone who could finish there. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Make sure you listen to the Fantasy Football Today podcast where we break down the NFL draft. And here on Fantasy Baseball Today, we'll talk to you on Monday. See you later.